My name is Julia and I am 24 years old and I am from Peterborough, Ontario and I got saved uh, about five years ago. So I'm going into my sixth year. So I got saved in 2018 and then this is my testimony of how that happened. So in 2018, I guess I should rewind a little bit before that. I grew up in a Christian home. Um, we did go to church, but we also did other things. My brother was in hockey, so we went to hockey a lot. And there were seasons of our life where we didn't go to church as much. And um, so it was still a priority, but kind of wasn't a priority in my life, even though my parents wanted to make it a priority. And I had known of God but didn't actually have an encounter with him and didn't know that he was real and didn't want to live for him because I didn't know that he was real. And then I thought Christianity was a bunch of rules, which a lot of Christians who grew up in the church can kind of see it that way. Um, because if we're careful, we can turn Christianity into this like religious thing, when in reality, it was always meant to be a relationship with the God of the universe. And so I uh, had some interesting decisions growing up. I was pretty sheltered until about grade nine, and then come grade nine, uh, just made some poor decisions because I wanted to find my identity in the world and that's when I became really body conscious I became really self-conscious became really like aware of the temptations of the world around me Even though I don't think I ever actually processed that that's what was happening I just kind of went wherever society was taking me unfortunately and just kind of let school teach me things that I, were not necessarily good and let friends influence me Come grade 10 is when we moved to a new location and that's really when I just like did whatever the heck I wanted. I got in a relationship with a boy, started making really poor decisions there. Um, that wasn't really the greatest relationship. It was pretty toxic on both ends because I was really young, he was really young. We were both selfish. That's just kind of what it's like when you're young and unsaved in, in high school. And yeah, just made some bad decisions. But especially when I went to university, um, that's where I really just like had ended up breaking up with that boy and then just wanted to like find my own way in the world, do my own thing, make all my own decisions. And then that's when I started to get even worse into waywardness and like rebellion and doing all the things that young people do in the world, like drugs, alcohol, promiscuity, everything. Um, and that would have been in like 2016, 2017, that time of my life. And so for about a year going into university, I really just did whatever the heck I wanted. But really early on into that year, I became aware that like I didn't know my purpose. I didn't know why I went to university in the first place. I didn't really know what I was doing and I realized I had kind of lived my life automatically. And I became very aware that I didn't like my personality because growing up, I wasn't very self-aware. I was self-aware in the wrong way because a lot of people had told me they didn't like my personality. I was too bold. I was too loud, too obnoxious. Blah, and that's how I viewed myself. And so going into university, I was aware of those things kind of, but wasn't aware of like the way I affected other people and was being selfish and was being silly and all this different stuff. So I started to realize, well, I don't actually know if I like who I am because I don't think I'm affecting other people well. I'm not changing the world. I'm being really selfish and like my life isn't serving anyone. Um, so this I became very aware of very young. I was about 19 years old and I would say that I had an existential crisis at 19. That's what I would call it. That was my existential midlife crisis. 
at the age of 19. And I'm very thankful it happened so early for me because usually people don't become that aware until maybe later and after they've been in the world for longer and have realized that it doesn't satisfy you. Well, I became aware that it doesn't satisfy me pretty early. And so come 2017, I had been in university that second year, but then had dropped out because I was like, why am I in university? I had come back on a whim. I had dropped out after first year, kind of had a really unstable summer. And no, it was very unstable. That's where kind of everything started to happen. And then I randomly last minute went back to university because my life was in shambles again at the age of 19 and did half a year and then dropped out again because I was like, yeah, no, this is not for me. So at that time I was really contemplating like, does God even exist? Like, is God even real? And if he's real, then I must have a purpose because right now I feel extremely purposeless. And so I started contemplating like, okay, let's say I get a university degree. Let's say I grow up and I have a job that's actually a really good job. And let's say I make a lot of money. Well, the only difference between me now and then is I'll have a lot more money and I'll probably have a family. And so if I have a lot more money, I'll be able to have a nicer house. And then if I have a lot more money, I'll have a nicer car, nicer food, nicer opportunities, but no different. I'm still just surviving, just nicer. And then so I have a family. Well, then what happens when I'm 85 years old and all my kids are grown up and they have kids and I'm about to die? So what, I just lived to make money to survive? but then to just survive nicer. Is that the purpose? And so I just kind of had that like reasoning super early on. And so it was like, yeah, is God even real? Because if God is real, then I must have a purpose. So in that time of things, I had a few encounters where God was trying to reveal himself to me through all of these questions, through this um, awareness and the reality of what I was doing, like the reality of the emptiness of my ways. And so the first encounter I had with God at that season of my life in 2017, when I was questioning these things, was um, walking down the street, going to a coffee shop and seeing this bookshelf at the back of this coffee shop and being like, I just want to get out of my house. I just want to read a book. I just want to like escape the home for a little bit because I was living in a house with a drug dealer and two like college students. And so like, I just had a lot of access to drugs and a lot of access to weed. And I never went like super crazy where I got like became an addict, but I definitely wasn't healthy. So I was like, I just really need to leave that situation. So I go to this coffee shop and I go to this bookshelf and I'm going down the bookshelf and I have about five books in my hands and I find myself saying this silent prayer, God, if, if you exist or something like that, show me a book. I don't know why I prayed that. It was so random. I wasn't even thinking about God. And I kid you not, the next book my hand hovered over was The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel. And The Case for Christ is a book that is about the truth of the crucifixion, that Jesus actually was alive, he actually was crucified, and he actually was resurrected. And it gives you the historical accounts of how like, the historic record proves that, and that the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the Bible are actually historically accurate. And then it also draws from other um, areas of science and the like journalistic field to understand that. And so I'm like, okay, whoa, I just prayed this random prayer and I just grabbed this random book and you're telling me it's telling me that Jesus is real. So I went and I sat down and I opened the book and in the introduction on the first page, it said, if you're questioning if God is real, this book is for you. And I was like, 
And that's paraphrasing. I don't actually know what it said, but that's what spoke to me. And I like literally started tearing up because that was the first time I really felt the presence of God since like growing up. And even then I didn't really understand what it was growing up because I didn't realize God was actually like legit. And so I was like, this is crazy. Uh, but then after that point, I don't, I don't think I pursued it any deeper because I still think I kind of wanted to live in the sin that I was living in. And so I, I, I just kind of kept living life. But then I'm gonna say a few weeks later, maybe a month or two later, I don't remember. I, it was 2018 and one night I had a dream. And prior to this dream, about five months earlier, I'm giving you like the best uh, estimate I have of timeline because it's all a little bit of a blur. But a few months earlier, I had a dream where I had been like kidnapped by someone and they were about to kill me and they put a gun to my head. Now in this dream, I was terrified. I felt every single emotion you would feel if you were authentically alive and someone kidnapped you and put a gun to your head. How terrifying that would be. I felt the fullness of that in my dream and I woke up shook, like fully irked. It was awful. Well, then five months later, after this encounter with Jesus in that coffee shop, I have another dream, but this dream is way different with the same kind of outcome, um, or sorry, the same kind of event. I had a dream where I was in like a Middle Eastern country, because if you're not aware, a lot of Christians are persecuted in like the Middle East, and they will literally be put to death for being Christians. So I was in a country like that, and in my dream, I was a Christian. But in real life, I hadn't accepted Christ yet. But it's like God used this dream to show me the potential of who I was. And so in the dream, I was a Christian. I knew I was like a Christian. And these men were coming towards me with a gun. Same idea, gun to my head. Same situation, similar, different feelings. The first time I had like this terrifying encounter. But this time, I knew they were about to kill me for loving Jesus. And I had peace. And I had... Um, like love, like I knew it was going to be okay. And I wasn't afraid, but I was like, I had accepted it peacefully. And they said like, do you have anything you're going to say? I don't know, like really dramatic. And I was like, no, I don't even think I said anything. And then they shot me. And so in this dream, unlike the first one, I didn't wake up because normally when you die in a dream, you wake up. Well, in this dream, I didn't wake up. I experienced dying in that dream. And the way I describe it to people in how I can remember it, because mind you, I'm recalling it from a memory now. I, I, it's been five years since. It was like, it never went dark. It was just a bright light. Like when you close your eyes and you're in the sun, that's how bright it was. And it wasn't like it was a tunnel. It was just bright. And it was like I was underwater. So floating underwater upside down. I don't know why this is how I felt it. And then someone reached down, grabbed me, pulled me out of the water. Like I felt a shift from a threshold. Like I had passed from the water into the air and I was upside down and they pulled me out right side up. So like I had flipped. And then when I opened my eyes, I was in heaven. And now I knew it was heaven just because, I mean, that's what the dream was. And behind me was a light, like a bright light, brighter than the sun. And I knew that that light was God. And that light, like, um, went through my entire being and I felt love. Like, I felt the glory and the holiness of God. And it's something I can't actually explain with words. Like, you feel like you could die. Like, I felt like I could die, but in a really good way. Because you're so overcome with the reality of God's beauty and his love. And I was weeping. And so I just died. I'm in heaven and meeting God. 
And having this moment, I don't know if he spoke to me, I don't know how long I was there for, it felt like it was pretty quick, but then someone came before me, and I think it was Jesus, I don't know who it was, because in the dream it wasn't revealed to me, but I went to this person and I hugged them, and then I woke up in the next morning, and um, I like kind of laid in bed and was like, that was a vision. I just had a vision of God. I just had a vision of heaven. I just met God in, in the way he revealed himself. Okay, God is real. And this is what I've been searching for. And that love and that meaning I needed, I just got given. And so I woke up when I say born again. I think in that dream, all that experience I had with the water, I think that was me experiencing that rebirth. Um, and I was just convinced of his existence. So I ended up getting a Bible, got a King James Bible from an antique store. I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything. I was just young. Um, so I hadn't really read the Bible. Yeah, so I went and got this Bible from this like antique bookstore. And it was this fat KJV Bible with like a hard cover and it was old. It smelled old. It was weird. And I started reading it and I didn't really understand it fully, but I did understand enough that it started to like transform me. And so what I would do is I would take the King James Bible and then I would grab my phone and I would go to different translations. And then I would like look at the King James and then look at the different translations to like understand what God was showing me. And he just started like speaking to me so clearly through the scriptures. And I started spending all of my time reading because I had dropped out of school and I was working full time at two different jobs at that season of my life. So I was working and spending time with the Lord. That's basically it. Um, and it took time for the Lord to transform me. Like he transformed me in an instant where inside of me, my heart and my spirit were different. And I started to live differently. I started to act differently. I started to think differently, but it took time for him to transform those areas of me that had been living in sin. So like, I didn't realize it was wrong to smoke weed. And then over time, the Lord showed me, yeah, this is not okay. We don't do this anymore. And just like tended to my heart. And so I realized I don't want to smoke weed anymore. And he taught me about alcohol and showed me like that I don't want to drink alcohol anymore. And the way that alcohol was affecting me, the way I was using it. And he just started to like transform my views on things just from spending alone time with him, like in my room, I would listen to worship music. I would watch sermons. I would like um, just however I could learn about Jesus I would but the majority of it actually would have just been me reading I'm actually not even sure if I really listened to sermons I don't know if I did that early on actually I think it was just the Bible and Holy Spirit teaching me and so I would go to coffee shops and I would just spend time with him and I'd feel his presence all the time. I would walk down the street and it'd be like the whole world was bursting out into song before me. There's even a scripture that talks about like the hills are going to burst forth into singing before you. And that's what it felt like. So like the sun looked more radiant. The, the wind felt more pure on my skin. Like the air was just fresh. And I just felt the presence of God everywhere. Like the whole, like he was watching over me all the time. Huh. And I could just like feel him in the clouds almost like his fatherly loving presence it was so cool it was so strong at that time and he just started like revealing the scriptures to me so he would like I'd read the scriptures and, and there were things I had never realized growing up because I either didn't pay attention and I didn't read my bible about like the mission of God, the mission of the believer, the radical believers that would raise the dead when they would pray for them by the power of God, that would heal the sick, that would go on mission and would die for, for Jesus. And I was like, this is what it means to be a Christian. Okay, I'm doing it. 
and no one like taught me that. I just read the Bible and was like, this is legit. So I just started telling people about Jesus and started to be really generous with my money because I just knew that God um, would provide if I trusted him with my finances. Actually, that's kind of crazy. I think the Lord taught me that just he just like taught me that once. I think I was just probably reading um, where it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, make your request known to God. And it talks about in, I think, Matthew 7, about the sower, or sorry, um, the birds do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. That would have been probably my first big revelation from the Lord about his provision. And that was very early on in my faith, just by reading the word. And it was just like, I literally learned from that moment, I don't have to worry about money anymore. And I remember I needed to pay for rent because I was, again, coming out of debt, was in a lot of debt when I was unsaved and had made a lot of bad decisions. And my um, the money I was making from those two jobs wasn't enough. And so I had a serving job. They were both serving jobs. And the one night I had just learned this truth in Matthew 6 or 7 about he will provide if we seek first his kingdom. And so I said to the Lord, I was like, Lord, I need to be able to pay. It was either my phone bill or rent. I need this amount of money at least tonight or at some point. But I trust you. I just trust you. I, actually, I'm not even sure if I told him the amount. I just said I trust you. That night I had a crazy, amazing night with clients and customers and I made crazy tips and the Lord provided exactly what I needed and since then I've never gone without by the grace and the provision of the Lord all because he taught me that so early on just by reading the Bible so uh yeah if you heard sirens that's also really normal in my neighborhood <laughs> um yeah so that's how I got saved I just I uh, grew up in that Christian home, but never really gave my life over to the Lord. I had felt him calling me a few times, but again, didn't really see him for what he was. Didn't really know that how real he was. And then finally realized that everything I had lived for was useless and rubbish and that none of it was fulfilling. Whereas when I was in high school and I felt his call at different moments, just from like going to church or youth group or whatever, but again, never really relating or connecting deeply, um, I still wanted to live in sin. So I didn't want to give up sin. So I, I just didn't respond until I had tried sin and was like, yeah, this sucks. I don't want it. And uh, that's why he's so patient and gracious because he's like, sometimes people take time, but he doesn't hold it against them. He knows that sin doesn't satisfy and that he is satisfying. So that's how I got saved. And now I've been saved for, like I said, about six years. And uh, I just keep growing in him and his love. And now I want to bring that to other people in a different way. So, um, Julia, um, if you had one message to this generation, yeah, what would you tell them? Uh, uh, oh, what would I tell them? One message. That everything you think about yourself... If it's not confirmed in what God says about you, it's not true. And so if it's negative, if it's holding you back, if it's making you feel like junk, if it's condemning you, shaming you, guilting you, so that you can't come before the Lord in His love, to receive His love, then it's just not true. And so as you let God show His love to you, whether you know Him or you don't know Him yet, you'll see that his love for you actually helps you to love yourself.
because you are loved and you are valuable, but only he can show you that love. And that love is proven through the crucifixion of his only son. So you're more loved than you probably know you are.